3: Healthcare Now, paid for by Integrated Physician Network. This
4: program was recorded to air at
3: this time. Healthcare premiums through the roof. So much to think about when it comes to healthcare. Who do you talk to? Where do you go next? Well, we've got your answer to navigating the healthcare world. Welcome to Healthcare Now with host Mark Chea, Larry Jones, and from Orlando Medical News, John Kelly. And now let's head into the Healthcare Now studios. Good morning and welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about US Healthcare. I'm John Kelly, publisher of the Orlando Medical News. Good morning to my co host, doctor Mark and Larry Jones. Mark Chat, MD, is a pediatric surgeon. He's practiced medicine in Central Florida since nineteen ninety seven. He is the president of Pediatric Surgery PA. Larry Jones is the CEO of Independent Healthcare Partners and the Independent Physicians Network. IPN's mission is to preserve and protect the independent practice of medicine. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, John. Good
0: morning, Dr. Mark. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, Beautiful Saturday morning. Hope you guys are doing well. Absolutely. Before we get into our uh, discussion this morning, I want to just mention a few statistics. This past week and just the last couple days, it was noted that 37 million Americans have been fully vaccinated. Yep. And another 69 million have had at least one shot. Yep, yep, moving along at a pretty good p- pace yeah. now. So we're moving along. You know, it's estimated that about 40 percent of Americans are actually skeptical about getting the vaccine. What's going on, and how do we convince people to get this vaccine, Doctor Mark? I tell you, it's
1: been—it's not a huge surprise to me that there was going to be a group of folks that were not interested. I think it became a real political issue, as you know, as, as just because of the timing and the and the election. But you know what really has surprised me is. When the hospitals opened it up to their own staff, uh, their medical staff, their nurses, their, everybody in the the number of people there chose not to get it, chose not to get it, because that's that was crazy. one of the reasons there were mm-hmm. some they like they thought they would deplete their supplies really quickly. And mm-hmm. they then they said, oh, well, we have some more. And that's where that some more mm-hmm. came from wow. is people that didn't. So I think it's it's an individual thing. There's.
0: Well, Are we beginning to see the trend now because it was reported the other day that one of the clinics out in uh, the West Orange area had a thousand shots available and only two hundred and twenty one people showed up for shots that day.
1: Right. And that's going to be a little bit geographic. So I think Mm -hmm. the deployment of where these vaccines need to go, it's it's a learning curve that nothing like this has ever happened. But there's definitely a need for continued education. Yes. I mean, people aren't getting the the vaccine for a couple of reasons. The number one reason is fear of reaction right. and the overall fear of vaccines. Right. And, well, you, you know, know, to
0: date, I, I did a little research because I knew we were going to talk about this this morning. I don't believe one single person has died because they took the vaccine. Right. And, so and what does
1: that tell us? Well, I mean, you know, and it is and at the end of the day, when people start talking about uh, like when the the first five people in my office got vaccinated and we talked about who. Had their, you know, did they have a reaction? You know, there are a couple that had, yeah, it was, it was a reaction. But you follow that up with, well, you know, no one wants to have anything bad happen. But you had mm-hmm. a headache, and and, and there yeah. could be much more serious reactions. I get heard that, chills, but, you know, but the flu compared to what could happen if you got right. it, right? Yeah, but but you know, Larry, that's mm-hmm. isn't the the people that aren't taking the vaccine, they're not buying into that. And I, you know, I'm not going right. to have a have a huge uh, debate over. Yeah, we're not yeah. political here. Yeah. this is about. They're medicine. not buying it. Yeah, they're That's not right. buying into That's it. And I think they'll do a little bit better as time goes on and more data comes through. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the unique thing these vaccines are unlike any vaccine that we've ever had. Right. 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 So some of the things that we can argue are vaccine related or not, and those those arguments have gone on for decades and decades. As a as a pediatric mm-hmm. specialist, I hear it all the time. Sure. Sure. That's not really the same kind of issue here. We're not looking at any attenuated virus. We're not looking at a live virus. We're looking at a piece of protein mm-hmm. that is, is designed just to address this right, issue. Right. And and it's not a new vaccine in that they've been working on this technology for about exactly. a decade. It's been around so, a while. Yeah.
0: So it is. So all that information needs to be, A, delivered, and B, believed. Well, what's concerning, you made a comment earlier that your colleagues in the hospitals, the medical right. personnel didn't want to get it. Yep. I'm afraid that leads non-healthcare people to feeling like there's a risk.
1: No question. And folks were talking about, well, the first vaccine um, that was available was Pfizer. You Mm -hmm. know what? I'm going to wait for the Johnson. There's no data to say you should wait or shouldn't wait. To me, the faster we get immunity immunity. to the larger percentage, the faster this thing goes away. And that's about, what, 70%? 70% is what we think. I mean, that's that's what we think. We've looked, comparing this to different issues. Mm -hmm. But uh, because... Every one of these viruses, it behaves a different way. So you know, Ebola. Everyone heard right. about Ebola. Right. Why didn't we, you know, come up with an Ebola vaccine? Well, if you got Ebola, you didn't live long enough to spread this right. to thirty people. It was isolated. Right? That's right. And then, and then, when you look at the other coronaviruses that exist today, there are lots of these that give these mild cold sy- symptoms. Why don't we vaccinate those? Well, because there's no. Downside, it's it's a little sniffle and you're mm-hmm. done. So this every vaccine and every virus is going to be different depending on how it affects people and right. you know what the what the risk is to to, to getting the disease versus the reward so, of the vaccine. So
0: as a physician in this community for many many years, knowing that there's skepticism out there and knowing that this is a complete non-political show, what is the message we want to send to our listeners about urging them to get the vaccine, Doctor Martin? I mean, I'm one hundred percent.
1: In support of telling people to get the vaccine. Yeah. Um, if you have the the only reaction that seems to have any any big concern is if you're if you're carrying an epipen because you have a lot of allergies. Sure. You know what? I, I'm gonna I would definitely give you a pass. In fact, right. I'd, I'd suggest right. you, you right. back off. But outside of that, yep. using thoughts of well, I want to wait for a different vaccine, or I want other people to get vaccinated. I think you should go get your vaccine. Well, you know, when it's I can available. tell you
0: from experience and I know you've had both shots. Correct. I've had both shots. Yep. My wife is an ICU nurse. has had both shots mm-hmm. and we had the Pfizer and right. we had our first shot on January 15th and she felt we had it on a Friday and Saturday up until late afternoon she felt a little uncomfortable oh, right, right. with a sore arm but nothing else. Right. I had no and on the second shot neither one of us had any, um, right. any uh any problems and I had no issues with either shot you know and that's an interesting thing because yeah. the common sense
1: might say that that second shot like i didn't have a problem with the first shot sore mm-hmm. arm that was a second second shot you think well i've already had this exposure you know I, i'm using that science mind like i know something right that the second shot's probably no the second shot was even less yeah and i'm not discounting the fact that i know numbers of people a radiology friend of mine was out for a couple of days um he, he was mm-hmm. he was sick and i asked him i'm like well the trade-off there is how do you feel now you're back at work and you're protected? He goes like, Oh no, no, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know, so I mean, that's sort of the final
0: take. Well, that's the message then. I'm glad we talked about that today. Uh, Changing the the conversation a little bit on the question about what is the most important issue in healthcare today that we've put out there. I've talked to a lot of people and there seems to be two issues that continuously come up. Mm -hmm. And the first one is access to healthcare. And the second one, lack of knowledge and education about healthcare. Well, Two questions for you, Dr. Mark. Okay. Is the access to health care a cost-driving issue? And number two, isn't that exactly what this show is all about? Right.
1: So yes to your second question. I'd right? <laughs> okay. uh, be foolish to go any other way there. Right. So I think access to health care means different things to different people. I would say the most common issue is absolutely cost. Uh, but there are other issues as far as, you know, in different parts of the country or different parts of our community getting mm-hmm. in to see a physician. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again... To be fair, it does that even comes around to being a cost related issue, because, you know, why are people Well, don't
0: you think the pandemic also had a oh, for tremendous sure. impact? on? Oh,
1: that? Ab- well, I mean, I think we yeah. saw it, um, yeah. you know, the... for about eight months. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. And, and what we saw at the at the hospital is that that the overall volume of patients went way down and it's still down. Mm-hmm. But the acuity or the severity of the, the care that needed to be delivered for those who came was high. So how yeah. does that affect the bottom line, Larry? I mean, you'd kind yeah. of think the no everybody, so, well, it, a lot of those low acuties are money losers for the hospital. Correct. And so, you know, they don't want you in the hospital exactly. on Saturday night for a bad cold. Right, right. So, yeah. so it's going to be an interesting recovery we have and how that addresses back to access to healthcare on every individual in the United States. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's still a big problem.
3: Yeah. I've got to jump in Dr. Mark, mm-hmm. because I feel we're blessed living in central Florida, um, There is a lot of access to good health care, even if for the economically challenged. Off the top of my head, partners that we work with at Orlando Medical News are Orange County's PECAN, and then there's community health centers, uh, and also True Health. Um, So I'm concerned people are saying access to health care.
1: Right. Well, I think you're you're Mm -hmm. absolutely right. We're in a very special and unique area. Orlando has historically uh, had... A very rich, and I don't mean dollar rich, but a very rich medical teaming group of 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 folks. I mean, we've got we've got three big healthcare uh, hospital systems, 125 uh,
0: urgent care centers. Right, we're actually
1: you know it's a funny one statistic uh, that I recall from some years ago is that um, when they list the Medicare expenditures in a city, uh, that there's there's only a couple of a couple of cities that are in the top 50 with more than one healthcare system. Well, Orlando's in the top 50 and we're in the two healthcare care systems are in the top 10 of Medicare expenditure. So we spend a lot of money on healthcare. There's a lot of access. These groups donate a great deal and support mm-hmm. some of the organizations. Under We Care and, and those kind of things. Right? Yep. And, and, yep. You know, and Disney and all, yep. all the great industry that we have. You're absolutely right. We've got some great access. Uh, is it 100% well, clearly not, right? I mean, right. and and it's definitely, there's a scale of what you can get into, how quickly, depending upon what mm-hmm. you can afford and what kind of coverage right. you have.
0: You know, John, you bring up a good point because we have 18 hospitals in this community, uh, not counting the periphery, about another five. We have 125 urgent care centers and over 2,500 physicians practicing in the Central Florida seven, eight county market. So... You're right. You would think that access to care wouldn't be a problem. Yep, but
3: lo and behold, (laughs) it still is. Well, Larry, I need to uh, jump in here and move towards the end of this segment. Uh, I need to share the results from last week's audience poll, and the question was, what is the biggest challenge or problem in securing health care in the U.S. today? And it's uh, very interesting, Larry, because the results that uh, our audience shared with us were similar to what you said. It was Access to health. Over um, the overwhelming answer was health care expense after insurance exactly. is greater than anticipated. Right, almost looked upon as a hidden expense. Can we pick this up uh, coming out of break? Yes. You know, it's interesting
0: that uh, out of pocket costs have grown over fifty percent in the last five years.
1: Yeah, and that and that's that's the cost that's that pushing right right out of their yeah, yeah. right out of their budget.
3: So. Please share your thoughts with us, 407-701-7424, or News dot com. I've got to jump in, Dr. Mark, mm-hmm. because I feel we're blessed living in Central Florida. Um, there is a lot of uh, access to good health care, right. even if for the economically challenged. Off the top of my head, partners that we work with at Orlando Medical News are Orange County's PECAN, um, and then there's community health centers. Right. Uh, and also true health. Um, so I'm concerned. People are saying access to healthcare.
1: Right. Well, I think you're you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. We're in a very special and unique area. Orlando has historically uh, had a very rich, and I don't mean dollar rich, but a very rich medical teaming group of of, no of question folks. About I mean, it. we've got yep. we've got three big healthcare uh, hospital systems. Um, 125
0: urgent care centers right we're actually
1: you know it's a funny one statistic uh that i recall from some years ago is that um when they list the medicare expenditures in a city uh that there's there's only a couple of a couple of cities that are in the top 50 with more than one health care system well orlando's in the top 50 and we're in the Two healthcare systems are in the top ten of Medicare expenditure. So we spend a lot of money on healthcare. There's a lot of access. These groups donate a great deal and support mm-hmm. some of the organizations under
0: We Care and, and those kinds of things, right? Yep.
1: And, and yep. you know, and Disney and all yep. all the great industry that we have. You're absolutely right. We've got some great access. Uh, is it 100? percent Well, clearly not, right? I mean, right. and and it's definitely there's a scale of what you can get into how quickly depending upon what you can afford and what
0: kind of coverage right. you have. You know, John, you bring up a good point because we have 18 hospitals in this community, uh, not counting the periphery, about another five. We have 125 urgent care centers and over 2,500 physicians practicing in the Central Florida 7, 8-county market. So you're right. You would think that access to care wouldn't be a problem. Yep, but lo and behold,
3: <laughs> yep. it still is. Well, Larry, I need to uh, jump in here and move towards the end of this segment. Uh, I need to share the results from last week's audience poll. And the question was, what is the biggest challenge or problem in securing health care in the U.S. today? And it's uh, very interesting, Larry, because the results that uh, our audience shared with us were similar to what you said. It was access to health. um, The overwhelming answer was health care expense after insurance exactly. is greater than anticipated right. almost looked upon as a hidden expense can we pick this up uh, coming out of break yes you know it's interesting that
0: uh, out of pocket costs have grown over 50% in the last 5 years yeah
1: and that, and that's that's the cost that's that people are seeing right right out of their yeah. right out of their budget
3: so please share your thoughts with us 407 701 7424 for healthcare now at OrlandoMedicalNews.com. Thank you. We'll be right back.
5: Dr. Thomas, please report to the ICU.
2: In every healthcare facility, there's an invasion underway. Pathogens are entering, colonizing, and infecting patients and caregivers, causing extended stays and readmissions. Many pathogens come in on shoe soles grabbing a free ride into patient care areas and other sensitive locations. That's why there's Healthy Soul, a UVC-powered medical technology that in just eight seconds kills up to 99.99% of the dangerous pathogens on the soles of footwear. The same effective UVC technology that decontaminates whole rooms can now target shoe soles. Independent clinical studies and lab testing prove it. Add Healthy Soul to your infection prevention practices today. Stop pathogen spread in its tracks. Healthy Soul. Visit Healthy Soul. That's healthy, S O L E dot com today. Smart prevention, fewer pathogens, Healthy Soul.
3: Are improved patient outcomes valuable? Improved chronic care management, remote patient monitoring, medication management all without increasing practice workload or expenses. Rx2Live provides a turnkey solution. Interested? rxtolive.com or call John Fogarty, 609-605-6859, that's 609-605-6859.
5: Life can be challenging even before COVID. Everyone experiences worry, anxiety, or even depression occasionally. So if you're feeling overwhelmed by stress, isolated due to COVID, are a caregiver to aging parents, or are dealing with any major life transition? Counseling Resource Services can help. We provide in-home and telehealth counseling covered by Medicare. Contact us at four zero seven six five four 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 three three, or visit us on the web at CounselingResourceServices
3: dot com. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. Larry, i got to ask you, what are your thoughts on the impact of this show? Um, Do you feel like we're helping our audience? That's a great
0: question, John. And, you know, I want to kind of have a conversation with Dr. Mark. You know, we've been doing this show for a couple of months now, and the feedback we've gotten is incredible. And I do think we're making a difference. So before we get into our topic discussion this morning, your thoughts on how we can continue to bring education to our listeners. You know, I think uh, off the cuff,
1: I would say, Number one is listening. So really trying to go out and, and hear what our audience and what our friends and what our colleagues are, what, what they're wondering about. And number two is going through the information that they see and really mm-hmm. trying to figure it out because there's a lot of misinformation out there. I think if, if I've learned Definitely. anything brand new this year is just it's the depth of misinformation that's out there. And that you know, in conversations with family and friends, it's tough because they they they'll hit you with a a quote unquote fact because it's something they read. But you can read anything anywhere anytime, and it can mean nothing. Right. Period. Right. So I think it's it's our duty to to not respond in and that and do our due diligence. Do our due diligence. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I think that'll yeah. be helpful. Yeah. Now I think we're also going to reach out. We're going to have some amazing guests on the show, and we've already had some great folks um coming up uh dr deborah german from ucf uh mm-hmm. she's she leads the uh, med- she built the medical school out of ucf right. she's going to be in and uh, i mean i can't even imagine we're going we're to talk to her for half the show, show i think with yeah her. it's yeah. gonna be great
0: she's going to talk about not only the the college of medicine but also the new hospital the new hospital in the in future
1: i've got lots of lots of fun questions for her yeah. so it's just yeah. gonna i think we'll hopefully let let that run as, as far as it can sure. Uh, Dr. Michael Howell mm-hmm. um, with uh, Cigna. Is, Senior medical, of medical executive, executive. 10 yep. states with Cigna. Yep, and yep. he's, he's a, somebody that you and I have known for a
0: long time, so we're going to mm-hmm. get him here. So that'll be somebody from the payer side. And his passion is about value-based care. He Absolutely. built that program for Cigna. Yep. So that's going to be a great conversation.
1: Dr. Aodegio Otegbi. Deji Otegbi, a longtime mm-hmm. friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deji's uh, intensive care doc who uh, is also one of the founders of Nightlight Pediatrics. Mm-hmm. And is very involved in the community and looks access access access. He's he's going to be a great person to pose that access It'll be question a great too. conversation. Yeah, and uh, Dr. Akemi Jai. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's a pulmonologist here in town that's grown an amazing supportive uh, pediatric pulmonology group. Yes, uh, his doctors are just fantastic. His patients love his practice. He's been a very, very active to him. in
0: the media regarding opening schools. Right as a as a pediatric pulmonologist yep. as well, yep. he's been on the news many times.
1: Yep, no. So I look forward to hearing to hearing what he has to say. He's a brilliant guy, and mm-hmm. always like like chatting mm-hmm. with him. And we're you know we're going to continue to bring other folks, not just physicians on. This was this was a list very physician heavy. I guess that's why I got to read it. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. other folks that come on because there's a lot of really amazing people. Uh, you know, John, you said in a previous segment that we talk about how lucky we are to be here in Orlando. And we're going to reach out to all those people that, that make us fortunate to be be here and uh, learn, learn from them as well.
0: Great, Dr. Mark, and I really look forward. Actually, Dr. Otegbe is going to be on the show next week, and the following week is Dr. Deb German. So, oh, excellent. excellent. And uh, Dr. Ajai and uh, Dr. Mike Howe will be on probably during the month of April. Very good, very good. So I look forward to it. Well, you know, we ended our conversation last week talking about consumerism and healthcare is growing and as more people become knowledgeable and active in their healthcare, meaning consumerism, mm-hmm. well, the healthcare industry has got to react to that consumerism. And isn't that really what this show's all about, Doctor Mark?
1: It really is, because this is a change in in the history of medicine. You know, because people were kind of going to see the doctor on an on an as needed. You can almost have to drag me there to go, or how they were instructed to do so. I mean, it always mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of you know I, I had a had a long stint in the in the military and sort of that military medicine of you did what you had to do and you know you checked this box and you had to had to get all these things done. And now people are looking at making more choices about how they get their health care, right. how it's delivered, what's important to them. And value based medicine is all about keeping that alive. It's exactly that. It's it's the only way that's going to work.
3: Mm -hmm. Dr. Mark, I got to jump in here. Mm -hmm. I was at a Chamber of Commerce event earlier this week. I I will not name the chamber. (laughs) We were fortunate enough to have one of the three reps that had committed to be, state representatives that had committed to be there, show up. And at the end, I asked um, how he felt about value-based health care versus fee-for-service. And he to his credit, he was very honest, said I have no idea. I know I know John I need to do my homework now. But that scared yeah. me. That you know, really it is scared but you me. know,
0: John, in, in all fairness to the representative, uh, we do have people in our Florida legislature like Jason Broder, who chairs the health care subcommittee in the Senate, the Florida Senate, who has a vast amount of knowledge about health care and he's he's supported IPN for a long time.
1: Well I tell you it's it's tough because if you look at and we can look at our our community, you know, city council. We can look at our, our state representatives. We can look at look to Washington, D.C. And the background of 98 percent of all those individuals doesn't lend themselves to having that conversation. Uh, and so the ones that do commit themselves to the committees and really do the investigations are is exactly what we need into the, the there are people that have left their healthcare professions and gone into politics, which is that, that's, uh, that seems a little crazy to me, sure. but, but, <laughs> but, it's, but it's also incredibly necessary because, you know, why do we think government programs are so maligned and often for good reason? And why do we think that, you know, the, right. the, the health care acts that we've seen so far have had so much trouble getting a, a tough foot yeah. there? We don't have the experts everywhere. Right.
0: Well, that's a perfect example because, you know, you've got people like Dr. Neil Dunn, Mm -hmm. who is a urology surgeon in Panama City, who won his second term in November at the U.S. House. And Dr. Dunn now chairs the U.S. House Subcommittee on Health. In fact, uh, Dr. Mark, you and I may end up going up and speaking to them. Sometime in the late summer, early fall, we were going to do it last fall. Yeah. Th- and then things the, the capital shut down. <laughs> so it was a little hard. Yeah.
1: But no, th- I look right. forward to getting yeah. involved in it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that healthcare uh, delivery folks tend to not get very involved in those processes. And, and A, there haven't been a lot of invites, mm-hmm. uh, right. but B, they're busy mm-hmm. and C, it's it takes you out of that comfort zone. But I think we as providers need to learn to get more involved without a because doubt. You can't. Just sit and complain about it on the sidelines. Well, it's, you gotta so, have to get it's so
0: important because the movement to value-based care is a complete bipartisan movement in Washington.
1: It is, yeah. They, no question yeah, about it. Yeah. Everybody
0: yeah, I, understands that costs and quality right. have to change. Well, it's economics. Yeah.
1: So this is the That's first right. time, I think, in, in my own my, my opinion, the first time mm-hmm. that medicine and economics have crossed, other than you know with original Obamacare thoughts, I mean, there were some, he had some great advisors while he was running for office. Some people mm-hmm. that really looked at how the health care dollar, we talked about this, Michael Porter yeah. from Harvard, yeah. mm-hmm. how the healthcare dollar was a special thing. And it was, you know, basically, how much can I get for this dollar? Right. And how is my health care dollar represented? Yep. now? And that's that, what consumerism is about. Right. You've got to know where right. it's going and how you can improve things. But it's right. going to be, it has to be bipartisan. I mean, they can't. They really no one can argue it but yeah. but the plans that come through the committees mm-hmm. are not necessarily. Well, but you know,
0: pricing transparency is gonna be a big piece of this moving forward with it is. consumerism. It is. How
1: and and that's and one of the questions I ask is how do insurance companies make money? Yeah. Okay, so we know that we pay insurance companies and then they pay out to the, we pay the a premium system. and
0: they try not right. to pay claims. Right.
1: And so <laughs> but but the but the real interesting piece is is that there, there actually is some regulation on how much profit they're allowed to take, right? That's right. And and if they overrun that profit yeah. this year, they got to kind of give it back next year it's, and it's vice versa. Eighty-five
0: percent of the premium has to be spent in small right. employers and eighty percent in large employers. Right.
1: So you've got this fifteen percent margin mm-hmm. that is your administrative cost. And right. so, okay, if you have a business that can only earn by a percentage, how do you increase your earnings? Yeah. You just raise the prices. That's right. Is that going to answer a question that we're going to talk about later? We why are, why, we why are insurance so so? It is a method that can only
0: be you know the only outcome here is going yeah. to be increasing prices. Well, we're going to have a conversation in a little bit about uh, the venture capital money right. and the large companies that are dominating, and yeah. we'll talk a little bit about that in just a few minutes. Right, and that,
1: that, I'll, I'll leave I'll leave that. That teaser because that's going to be yeah. uh, that's going to be a good piece. But I do I do often think about you know where the insurance companies are getting their dollar and where right. it's landing.
0: So when it comes to the three trends that uh, seem to be accelerating the shift to consumerism, obviously hospital in home programs right. are growing dramatically. Right. So that's just moving hospital care yeah. into out of the hospital into other other at a what, tremendous cost yeah. savings. Huge, huge cost savings. And then second, you know, you, you actually mentioned it earlier, Dr. Mark, personalized medicine. How do we make personalized medicine so more valuable when a physician may only spend 10 minutes with a patient?
1: Right. Now, and I think that's going to be something that, again, starts to step on some political toes because when we, when we start locating areas of need or chronic illnesses, they don't affect all of us equally. And right. so the question becomes, how do we fairly... Make sure that that things the care is delivered to the right people right, at the right time, right.
0: and then the third trend is obviously the COVID pandemic has accelerated telehealth, telemedicine, right, uh, into the home uh, in a tremendous way. Where prior to the pandemic in March, very few physicians were using telehealth.
1: Yeah, and a lot of that was because of reimbursement. In the mm-hmm. state of Florida, we couldn't get reimbursed for those. And that's those changed. Now. That, that has absolutely changed, yeah. and that was yeah. those were executive decisions. Yeah.
3: Physicians yep. now
0: are paid the same amount for a telehealth visit as they are for an office visit.
3: Amen. Yep. All right, Larry and Doctor Mark, we're moving towards the end of another segment, and I just need to remind our audience to uh, respond to our question this week: Are you comfortable seeing a physician assistant or nurse practitioner for wellness or six, six visits? Please call us at four zero seven seven zero one seven four two four or email. Healthcare now at orlandomedicalnews.com. We'll be right back.
2: In just eight seconds, Healthy Soul UVC kills up to 99.99% of the pathogens on the soles of shoes. Healthy S-O-L-E dot Smart prevention, fewer pathogens, Healthy Soul.
5: Looking for affordable or professional video, differentiating your business from competitors? Brand, improving online presence about me or professional videos? SakataFilms.com 407 860 3035.
6: Mark Chayot, M.D., practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997, working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical, technology, and education, accepting all major insurance. 407-228-4774 or visit orlandopediatricsurgery.com. The
5: Integrated
6: Independent
5: Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015. Join the movement with us, IPNetworkFlorida.com.
3: Well, we've got your answer to navigating the healthcare world. Welcome to Healthcare Now. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. Our guest today is Frank Rickey, the principal of Healthcare Realty and Development Services. Frank is a licensed real estate broker and licensed building contractor. He has over 35 years experience specializing in medical, dental, diagnostic, and all types of specialty healthcare facilities. Frank is the founder and principal of Healthcare Realty and Development Services LLC, a leading real estate services firm based in Winter Park, Florida. Frank and his associates represent buyers, sellers, landlords, and tenants. All in the areas of real estate, leasing, sales, and development. He contributes to local healthcare publications, including the Orlando Medical News. Recent content includes leasing versus owning, how to select medical office space, negotiating medical dental leases, and medical office design and total project management system, which escorts their clients from location analysis through site selection, property acquisition, design construction. And move in all under one roof. Welcome, Frank. Thank you,
4: John. It's great to be here
3: today.
1: Excellent, Frank. Thanks for coming in. Um, uh, we we met on offline here. I'm Dr. Mark. Just in case the listeners don't recognize the voice, but I wanted to uh, commend you for having to deal with. It's got to be the hardest customer population <laughs> to work with. A bunch of us doctors looking for space. You know, it's it's. We think we know everything about it, and we know absolutely nothing. So.
4: Well, it's a pleasure most of the time, to be honest. Uh, I've been doing it for a long time and I've developed a thick skin, but um, honestly, it's it's really been a pleasure for my 35 years or so. Great.
1: Well, great. One of the topics that we always uh, seem to round to sooner or later, we'll hit with sooner. How has COVID and the changes that we've seen in so many businesses affected business? How's it affected your business?
4: Well, COVID really struck a blow, I think, for the majority of Healthcare providers. I know that um, <clears throat> uh, some practices actually did fairly well during the, you know, the initial stages of the uh, pandemic, but many, many practices really suffered. the um, The extra costs of cleaning, the uh, uncertainty of being able to go to a, a physician's office, the, you know, the spacing, all the other things that came into play, really. Uh, hurt patient visits and the volume of of patients going to their uh, practitioners. So, you know, many, many practices, I think, had to furlough people. I know that uh, across the country, 50-some hospitals went bankrupt. A a number of medical practices had to go bankrupt. A lot of retirements a little early on. Mm -hmm. Correct. So it's been, uh, the COVID had a major impact. I think a lot of physicians that were probably nearing retirement just decided to, it was time to pack up. Yeah. Well, pack Frank,
0: up. you know, we're a year into this. Uh, do
4: you see this market recovering? I do. I do. In fact, I would say that within, say, nine months or so from the beginning of uh, the experience here in Florida, that most practices were probably pretty close to being back to normal. Uh, so I do think that you know, adjust, adjustments have been made. Uh, I would say that the the ones that were hurt the hardest and continue to be are probably the smaller practices.
0: The solo guys.
4: The solo guys, yeah, yeah. correct. Because, you know, a large portion of their income goes to overhead, and when you have a smaller practice and you have fewer patients, then...
1: Uh, yeah, you see that bottom line really quickly. Exactly. Well, in, in your industry specifically... I mean, I can see there be a balance, because I know, as you said, some people were going into retirement a little ahead of time, and they may have owned facilities and wanted to unload them, and I can't imagine there were a lot of people that were bold enough to say, I'm ready to spend some more money, but what did you see in your
4: balance? Well, I think that's right. You know, uh, quite a few people that, uh, that decided to get out of the practice, you know, those properties are probably, you know, still sitting. Mm -hmm. honestly right Uh, you know people are are hesitant to to move into that those practices smaller practices uh so what we've seen is not really an uptick in the sales of of medical properties but uh we've seen more of an expansion outwards from the center of town uh you know, to newer yeah, rural, areas, or, or
1: just newer. Okay, gotcha.
0: gotcha. That was a question I was going to ask you too, Frank. Are are doctors flocking more towards the central location of a hospital, or are they doing more in the suburbs now?
4: Well, I think that you know we have a number of large projects in downtown. Uh, Advent Health has a medical village, which is mm-hmm. enormous, has a lot of medical office space, uh, and. Orlando Health has the orthopedic clinic, which uh, will also have a, a large amount of uh, medical office space. But by and large, what we're seeing is that uh, the the physicians are following the hospitals out into the rural, more rural. Right, readiness.
1: they're expanding as well
0: for they,
4: sure. Yep. They are. That's yep. well. Horizons a good example of that.
0: Yep. Yep. The
1: community in
4: yep. that area. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. 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 Horizon, Hamlin. Yep. You know, you have mm-hmm. Lake Nona. Yep, so, right. Uh, yeah, right. Even a popca, you know. Now that you have a hospital, even winter there, garden, winter garden yeah. Yeah. is yeah. huge. Correct. Yeah.
1: yeah, that would make sense because I think historically there have been these medical clusters, and whether they're anchored by just other offices or hospitals, they're always around hospitals. That's and, correct. And we do yeah. see that that extension now. When you start looking like that, I mean, a lot of times that's going to be an expansion of a practice. Maybe somebody who has a downtown location, they're going to move out to Lake Nona, but for somebody mm-hmm. who's starting out. The, the thing that's everyone asks and they ask you, they ask everybody they know is, do do I buy, do I lease? And I know there's not a yes or no, point this way, point that way answer, but how do you address that conversation?
4: Well, generally it really depends on the practice and what the motivation is for moving. If it's going to be a solo practice, it's going to be their main practice, then uh, their motivation is going to be a little bit different. However, the the cost to build right now is very high.
1: Right. Concrete, materials, everything's everything's. I have a number of here.
4: construction projects underway. And we, for example, windows in some of our facilities are 28 weeks out. Wow. Wow. So uh, material prices are very high. So what I would say to uh, a practice looking to, to expand is if you, this would be a good time to find an existing building that could be uh, renovated to meet your needs. Because what's happened is quite a few businesses that have really been hurt by the pandemic and have gone under have left some first-class properties that could be renovated for uh, you know, a fraction of the cost that it would take and a fraction of the time that it would take to go out and find a piece of property and develop it.
0: Right. Frank, Frank, I got a two-part question for you. I know that uh, many of our practices, you're right, they've come back strong. They're seeing patients and uh, almost back up to where they were pre-pandemic as far as seeing uh, patient load. But are you seeing many practices looking at expanding into a second or even third location? And also, is venture capital money playing
4: into this? Okay. Uh, In the first part, yes. I am seeing more practices opening additional locations. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I have a number of clients right now that we actually have contracts on property that are on the west part of town. Mm -hmm. So uh, we do see that a lot of physicians, a lot of practices are looking to expand into these areas that are growing in population uh, almost exponentially. It's just amazing the number of new rooftops that are going up. Right. And so depending on the practice itself and what their demographic needs are, uh, we are seeing that those people are are really looking to expand into those opportunities before other people come to town. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we are seeing that some other organizations are now coming into Central Florida from outside of the state and outside mm-hmm. of the city. Right.
1: Yeah, big big medical groups, yeah. yep, and, and what, some, some that some that are providers and other that are correct. just providing yeah. services in the medical areas. Uh, aside and,
0: from physician practices, are you seeing a huge number of urgent care centers
4: popping up everywhere? I have not seen a lot of urgent care centers that are not physician based. Okay. Uh, it seemed like there was a rollback in that for for a period of time, and then I, I would not say that we've seen a huge ex- explosion of it, but I think it's kind of held steady. A couple yeah. about a year ago, or two years ago, it seemed like there was one popping yeah. up. No, on, yeah, every on every corner. Every corner. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I think it started about five years ago, yes. and every time you turned around, but a lot of that were the different systems supporting their yeah. you know, their drive-in, because it was that's definitely a model that worked for yeah. one of the hospital systems, and they kind of saw how that would go. I've noticed a lot of commercial properties that have become available, I think like you're describing, more higher-end, more frontage, areas that I would really say, gee, I mean, that's almost too much for a medical practice. And I, I guess the answer to that is, what is it going to go for? Dollar for, per square foot, right? But, I mean, if you, if you kind of put your practice next to a drive-through sub shop, and you know, in the middle of a busy highway, I don't, I'm not sure what you're investing in. Maybe it's a great. Well you're right, Doctor Mark. Yeah.
0: You can price yourself right out of the market. Too. Right,
1: right, right. And, and, and it, it may start out that. looking pretty good because if somebody's trying to get out of that property, but I, I exactly. don't know how you address that big picture. Exactly.
4: Well, that is one thing that some people are trying to get out.
1: Yep, yep. There, I mean, people have moved, but I, I guess I'm thinking more. You, you mentioned the bigger groups that are going outward. That makes sense, right? Because if they're a bigger group and they've figured a way to get through this, you know, this difficult time, and they're they're really going to expand in those areas where other groups just couldn't pull it off. So, I mean, it's it's been a crazy time. I'm sure you know, you're reflecting that in your conversation for sure.
3: It sure is. It's been a crazy time. Well, that's really encouraging information, Frank, especially following this past year. How can our audience contact you?
4: I'd be happy to. Uh, to talk to anybody, you know, even just give some basic um, advice. But they can call me. My phone number is 407-947-5074. And you can always uh, just send me an email, which would be frankr at
3: healthcarerealtyonline.com. Thank you, Frank. And I need, going into break, I need to remind our audience about our question this week. Are you comfortable seeing a physician assistant or nurse practitioner for wellness or six visits. Please share your thoughts with us. 407-701-7424, or email healthcare now at orlandomedicalnews.com. dot com. Thanks Thank for coming in, Frank.
4: Okay, thanks for having. Me.
2: just eight seconds healthy sole uvc kills up to 99.99 of the pathogens on the soles of shoes healthy s-o-l-e dot com smart prevention fewer pathogens healthy soul
3: COVID 19 impacting your practice
1: patients visits down elective procedures pushed out rx to live provides a turnkey solution chronic care management remote patient monitoring medication management Behavioral health screenings. Interested? rxtolive.com. Better yet, call John Fogarty 609 605 6859. 609 605 6859.
5: Life can be challenging, even before COVID. Everyone experiences worry, anxiety, or even depression occasionally. So if you're feeling overwhelmed by stress isolated due to COVID, are a caregiver to aging parents, or are dealing with any major life transition, Counseling Resource Services can help. We provide in-home and telehealth counseling covered by Medicare. Contact us at 407-654-4433 or visit us on the web at counselingresourceservices.com.
6: Mark Chayot, MD, practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997, working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical technology and education, accepting all major insurance. 407-228-4774 or visit orlandopediatricsurgery.com.
3: Welcome to Healthcare Now. Welcome back to Healthcare Now. Dr. Mark, can you talk about the six healthcare trends that are going to impact to 2021?
1: So, we actually ended the second segment talking about one, and that is the heightened attention to health equity. So, the heightened attention to health equity is how are we delivering healthcare to everybody in the country with equal need, right? Exactly. So, and then how is that going to work? And and we're doing arguably a terrible job today. Um and we did a terrible job yesterday. Yep. Yep. And we've never done a good job with that. That's exactly. so, so that's right, that's Dr. probably Martin. probably top on the list. And I think it's the top on the list in Washington. It is. So so I think yep. that that maybe, you know, this is maybe this is the uh, time that we're going to actually see the needle move. On healthcare equity. I mean, it's huge. So it Dr. has to Mark, be bipartisan, right?
0: Give, give our listeners an idea of what is the definition of health equity.
1: So, health health equity is looking at if I am a person in a certain socioeconomic status or mm-hmm. a, live in a certain area and I have a problem, am I going to get the same healthcare as that other person who may have different color of skin or different beliefs or resources. different income and, more and resources. living in a different yeah. city, right? Exactly. So, that's exactly what it is. And yeah. the data on on healthcare equity, it's, terrible. Car, it's terrible, terrible. It's terrible, and it's not just—we're not talking about just money. We're talking mm-hmm. about outcomes. Yeah. If you're going to have a cardiac bypass, you can pick your city and change your outcome. Yeah. Right? Well,
0: you know, socioeconomic and social determinants of health definitely drive health health, health equity. No question. No question. Yeah.
1: So an, another uh, area that's that's huge is greater focus on mental health, mental and behavioral health. Something that mm-hmm. came along, you know, Obamacare really touted this. Yep. Um, it definitely uh, made, made that part of all the uh, health care plans that were going to be delivered. And I don't know how much the needle moved on access because I think mm-hmm. there was a disconnect between this, the availability and people accessing it. Um, mm-hmm. So I think we need better education to clients who right. have the need to let them know that, hey, this this is
0: out there there's a lot of behavioral health issues that are completely unseen out there today right right particularly and, during the pandemic
1: and and i think there are a lot of you know public service announcements there are a lot of uh, groups there are a lot of uh, nonprofits profits profits that have come together to increase the the messaging to reach mm-hmm. those who need it and i think that we need to target family members i think we mm-hmm. need to target you know community leaders and really take that to the next level because it hasn't opened up as much as you would have anticipated when You know, the the Affordable Mm -hmm. Health Care Act came came through with an advantage.
0: So, Dr. Mark, the stigma around mental and behavioral health is really not as strong as people envision it in their minds today. Wouldn't you agree? Well,
1: no, but I think, you know, coming from that personally, coming from that as a patient, it's pretty hard to kind of tear that down, right? I Mm -hmm. think that, uh, you know, some of the uh, recent uh, interviews by Oprah Winfrey has brought out uh, it has. some really wonderful information. Yes. Uh, you know, I don't, again, don't want to, I don't want to jump overseas for politics too. Right, right. But, but at the same time, I think when people but it's listen, yeah, yeah, people watch television, they listen sure. to their radio, they listen to their podcasts. And if it's a, if it's a conversation that we're more comfortable having, mm-hmm. we're absolutely going to improve that problem. Yeah.
3: So my question is, are insurance carriers doing a better job with uh, behavioral health? Yeah, John.
0: We're seeing more and more behavioral health benefits being included in healthcare today than we did ten years ago. Right. Wouldn't right. you agree, Doctor Martin? I, I
1: would agree. And and again, that so that side is definitely improved. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the fact that the doors open, the messaging hasn't improved enough. That's right. Okay. That's exactly right. So then we're looking uh, back, back to the uh, six healthcare trends for 2021, expanded adoption for telemedicine and virtual care. We mentioned that on segment two. Um, you know, this was this was a initially it was not happening because it was a financial thing. Right. 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 Um, it, people, you know, physicians were not getting reimbursed for these type of yep. visits yep. in all states. And then with well, COVID, the, the, there was executive the
0: telehealth visit was right. basically reimbursed at about twenty percent of an office visit.
1: Yeah, or, or zero. Or, I mean, in, or in zero sports. sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so now with yeah. executive actions mm-hmm. uh, statewide and and countrywide, we've we, we're seeing this. We're seeing a lot of products out there uh, that are allowing this to happen more easily. I think you know we're we're also catering to a more techno savvy clientele. Right. Just right. just because people are. I mean... Everybody has an iPhone today. Oh, you said iPhone. I was just going to stick with smartphone. Okay, smartphone. Although we're all iPhones in the room here. That's true. Maybe we can push for a little less support. The Android
3: people are going to (laughs) be upset with us. That's
1: right. (laughs) So, but yeah, so I mean, I think that that's going to help. It's going to be... I think that's going to come along very naturally. I don't think that needs a lot mm-hmm. of direction. It's just going to happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I think uh, COVID nineteen issues definitely pushed the needle on that, but but it's it's going to it's going to happen pretty strongly.
0: And we're still seeing uh, physician practices seeing patients at the rate of about thirty percent of their practice that each day are still using telemedicine. Right. So, and depending on the specialty,
1: depending on the types of visits, some are even higher than that. Yeah. Um, Mainly and, primary yeah. care. And I think it's important for patients to understand that, you know, their comfort level is extremely important. And if they're feeling that mm-hmm. that doesn't work for them, mm-hmm. then there are a- absolutely opportunities for for seeing seeing people, in, you know, face-to-face.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, technology has really moved even beyond that. There are check-in systems that allow patients to wait in the car right now, extend True. waiting room. Um, it's just unbelievable. Yeah.
1: No, it's definitely been a response. And And to be fair, you know, the... If a system has to change uh, because we need to make the public safer, it's the healthcare system that's going to jump to the front, right? They're going to be the the quickest to abide by those rules because we've been used to abiding by yeah. similar rules, and you know the quickest to make sure we're not overly criticized, you know. Right. It, but it, it
0: just pans out that way. Well, you know, one of the biggest aggravations that I've ever had is going to a physician is every time I check in, I fill out 10 pieces of paper sitting on a a clipboard in the office. And now you have the ability to do all this at home. Right. And send the paperwork in before you ever go there, and all you do is walk in and yep. see the doctor. I and, love that.
1: And and I'll and I'll take the uh, the other side of that discussion is we're still a long way from where that needs to be. Right. Um, the the fact is is that if you go to one doctor, you're going to fill out five sheets. Now you're going to do it electronically. You're going to to another doctor. You're doing it again. That's right. So so there's still a lot, but we're moving moving in the right direction. We are. And then, speaking of moving in the right direction, increased bipartisanship in healthcare. Yes. you know healthcare should not be something that it doesn't work across yep. the aisle it never right. ever ever, right. ever should be right. and i think that uh you know it it's just another tool yep. that that washington has seen to to say well you want yep. this i mean i mean it's i i, well, I get it that's the way sure. it works but the, knowing
0: that healthcare hit nearly 4 trillion dollars last year and in the next 10 years it's going to go to eight trillion dollars is gonna double. That's everybody's money. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> and we're talking finances now. It's not political anymore. Right. Right. And and not only that, healthcare is personal and fortunately we have seen a big increase in bipartisanship right. in Washington and in Tallahassee yep. about healthcare and even the healthcare policies that come along with it.
1: So Illness doesn't care who you voted for. That's right, that's and right. and that's something I don't say that as a joke. I no, mean, that's it's very just, serious, just a fact. Yep. And bipartisanship has to be the answer to fix this problem. Mm-hmm. And and you know they they've legislated against physicians by saying that we can't get involved in certain things of a economic or political nature. Stark, right? Right. and now we Stark exactly right. the Stark laws. So anti kickback, and so now right. we need to flip that. Uh, the The government can't look at healthcare. It's it's you know healthcare is something that we deserve, and they can't look at it as a yep. as an issue that's going to allow them to sneak in some other bill or, or other other data that has nothing to do with healthcare. So you now, see, so let's jump on uh, re-entering the World Health Organization and the global health world stage. So that's something I, I'm going to toss that to you as yep. far as you know. I think that that it was a rapid. Exit. It was. For good reason. It, yep. And we need to figure out how financial. to fix
0: it. Yeah. <clears throat> we were paying 30 times what China was paying, who had the control of the World Health Organization. So I, I don't fault Trump for doing that. No, no. But again, the U.S. is the leader in the free world of most issues. Right. And so I'm personally glad we're getting back into the world health organization and you know it's not taking political sides it's the right thing to do but also i think we have to address the issue as to why uh, the trump administration pulled out initially
1: right no i think there's a yeah. there's a lot of information there uh, and it's it's something that i'm going to work on learning more about because right. Right. i i believe very strongly that that these organizations, worldwide, nationwide organizations have been around a long time, mm-hmm. tend to get into that area of relaxation, of just doing the same. It needs
0: mm-hmm. to be shaken up and needs to change. Sure. But, but, you know, the World Health Organization is really a global organization that their main focus is to share health care issues around the globe. All right, let me hit up you the know. last one, and I know we got
1: we got to start to head to break, but okay. the uh, sixth is the re-energizing of the Affordable Care Act, mm-hmm. and we're going to take an entire show at least to talk about this yes. because it it never became what it was supposed to become. It didn't get changed, and now we're back to what it was supposed to become. Right. So we're, we're starting over. And we're over.
0: in a new open enrollment period for, from right. March 15th to, to May
3: 15th to try and uh, get more people more people
0: involved. Yep.
3: Great conversation today, Dr. Mark and Larry, but it's time to recognize our sponsor and advertising partners who make this program possible. This week's sponsor is Nick DiOrio with Healthy Soul Decontamination. A big thanks to my two co-hosts, Dr. Mark with Pediatric Surgery PA and Larry with the Integrated Independent Physicians Network. I also need to recognize our guest today, Frank Ricky with Healthcare Realty and Development Services. He was a wealth of knowledge. And most importantly, our advertising partners that make this show possible. Diana with Cicado Films. John with rx to live Francis with Curis Decontamination Systems. April and Mary Catherine with Counseling Resource Services. Raul with CVRX, <clears throat> excuse me, and myself, John Kelly, with the Orlando Medical News. And Larry, I love to close the show. What is your saying of the week? Take the time to become an informed healthcare consumer. It's one of the
0: best ways to protect your family. See you next week. Thank you. See you guys.
3: You feel better now? We hope you do. Join us again next week for
0: Healthcare Now. For a podcast of this program, go to the AnswerOrlando.com.
5: Looking for affordable or professional video, differentiating your business from competitors? Brand, improving online presence about me or professional videos. SakataFilms.com, 407-860-3035. Mark
6: Chayot, MD practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997, working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical technology and education, accepting all major insurance. 407 228 774 or visit orlandopediatricsurgery.com. The Integrated Independent
5: Physicians Network, preserving and protecting the independent practice of medicine since 2015.
6: Join the movement with us, IPnetworkflorida.com. Mark Chayot, M.D., practicing pediatric surgeon since 1997, working with Central Florida's premier hospital systems and outpatient surgery centers, providing unparalleled patient care and leveraging the latest in medical, technology, and education, accepting all major insurance. 407 228 seven seven four, or visit orlandopediatricsurgery.com.